Want to be confident when talking about yourself and explaining what you do? Join my free 21-day confidence building course. You'll learn how to construct a personal elevator pitch, learn how to not be awkward in social situations, how to have awesome conversations, among other important skills to help you crush life. Best of all, it's free. Sign up now at freeconfidencecourse.com. From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors, and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Hi there, Rockstar. Welcome to Episode 17. I'm your host, Christina Cantors, and I'm very excited for this episode. Now, my busking challenge has come to a close for the moment, and for the next few episodes, I want to focus on something that is at the core of what I teach, which is public speaking. Now, the point of encouraging you to do your own comfort challenges, like me with the busking, for example, is to help you build your confidence in yourself, which is a big part of being effective as a speaker. So to kick off this series of episodes on public speaking, I'm very excited to be chatting with speech and presentation coach and speaker, Sally Coring-Zimney. Sally is passionate about helping people create speeches and presentations that move others. Her mission is to break down the fourth wall that exists between a speaker and their audience in order to help them connect and effectively get their message across. Don't know what the fourth wall is? Don't worry about that. We will talk about it. You'll also discover what Sally does to connect with her audience, how to tell a really simple story to engage others, even if you're presenting boring data. Believe me, you can totally do it. Sally also has a podcast. It's called This Moved Me, which you can find at thismovedme.com. She's just wrapped up season one and she's taking a little break until September, but you should definitely check out that first season to learn all about how to deliver a powerful speech that moves people. Now, we mentioned a few links in this episode, and I'll pop everything that we talk about at thecmethod.com slash Sally. It was so much fun having Sally on the show, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get moving with Sally Coring-Zimney. I love, I was listening to your busking. <laughs> so today, I think I was listening to number two and just getting the biggest kick out of it. What a fun adventure you're on. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, I went busking on Saturday and mm. I released that episode today and that was, that was so fun. It was really fun. It wasn't, it actually was not as scary as I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, for you, I would think that that's kind of right up your alley, isn't it? Well, six months ago, I would not have even considered doing this at all. Really? Yeah. It scared the crap out of me. Totally. And I went, <laughs> I sort of had this, because you have to get a permit to do it in, in Australia, well, in Melbourne anyway. So I was all gung-ho and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the permit. So I went and got the permit and then... When I actually thought about the reality of going and singing to people on the street, I was like, oh, no, 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 that's just horrible. But then I told everyone I was doing it. So I was like, you know, I have to. And the fact that it scared me meant that I had to do it. So totally. Yeah. 
So we did it and it wasn't even that bad. <laughs> well, and given everything that you talk about and your, your whole mission, yeah, what you've got to do, it scares you and put yourself out there. So mm-hmm. good for you. Totally. You, you do coaching and you create, you actually help people create their messages and you um, help create presentations as well. What, what's your main, what's the main thing that you, that you do? Well, I would say the biggest piece of the pie is really the coaching aspect. So working with individuals and companies, organizations who are looking to develop a presentation of some kind. Sometimes it's a, an event, a fundraising event. Um, sometimes it's people who are working on uh, getting their book out, like a book launch and helping them with their messages. Sometimes I'm working with an organization as they're refining their messaging, but it's all around really um, how you present yourself and creating an experience that moves people. That's really my mission is helping you move your audience and breaking down that fourth wall that so often exists between a speaker and her audience. And that's my mission is to really break down that wall and, and, to help. What do you, what do you, what do you mean by the fourth wall? Okay. Well, I, I have a theater background. So, okay. That's, um, that's a theater term. The, the fourth wall is, you know, the pretend wall. If you, if you're on stage and you're on set and you, you've got three walls, right? And the fourth wall is a pretend wall that you, you pretend there's not an audience there most of the time, unless. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. So that fourth wall is, um, between you and the audience. And as a theater person, sometimes you, you know, that wall exists intentionally. You're, you're having a scene with somebody, but you're almost not aware that the audience is there. Of course you are, but that has nothing to do with what you're doing on stage. And as a speaker, my goal is really to break down that wall so that there's a connection between you and the audience, because I think that is really what an audience yearns for, to feel a part of it and to not feel a distance, but to feel like, you know, the person up there, oh, I'm, I, I get a sense of who you are and I feel connected to you and I'm interested in what you're saying. And so what I've always told speakers is it's your job as a speaker to go out to the audience um, and I'm not talking literally here, but um, to go out and bring them to you. you It is not their job to come to you. You have to go to them and, and bring them to where you're at. So um, I hope, I think that's my mission really when I'm working with speakers and I'm coaching them um, is to help develop an experience that that really moves their audience. Mm. Because that's, of course, that's, of course, what we're trying to do. Um, as communicators and speakers is to do something with our words. We wanted to impact people. So I work with um, all kinds of different people who are really doing what I would call impact work. So it's, um, you know, a wide, wide range, Fortune 500 companies, but also nonprofits and individuals who have their own passionate message, their mission that they're trying to bring to the world. So I love the variety and, and I'm <laughs> working with people. So coaching is a total passion of mine. Really enjoy it. So how do they, how do they find you? Well, um, at this point it has really just grown organically. So about 15 years ago, I started working for an organization called Youth Frontiers and they do, um, day long programming in schools and, it's this very experiential 
um, uh, retreat experience. It's an amazing day and it's about, um, you know, changing the climate of a school. So we talk about courage and kindness and respect and it's, it's a very cool experience. But a big element of these retreats is speaking. So I was hired on to be one of the staff out on retreats and really quickly discovered that they needed a coach for their speakers. They didn't have one. And I had done that. I, in the past, I'd worked with um, speech teams in high school and had done this very casually um, as the opportunities arose. But this became my role really quickly because um, it was something that I was passionate about and had a vision for. So I was working with 15 plus speakers a year who were doing giving anywhere between two and 12 talks um, throughout the year. So I got, you know, it's an amazing training ground in terms of who I was working with and this wide array of people and developing messages and how do you give feedback in a thoughtful way. And um, I learned a ton. And um, as, as I did that work and as that work continued to evolve, all these opportunities and networking things just came to me. And so as I had kids, I have three kids. And as you know, the little people became a part of my life, I started dialing back my work at Youth Frontiers and building this consulting work because um, I was intrigued by it, interested in it, loved it, and gave me also some flexibility, which is great. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And now it's my full-time gig. That's awesome. Yeah. With something like speaking and communication skills, I find that people often don't think that they can actually get better at that. Mm. And they tend to just accept that, oh, I'm just, I just suck at public speaking. Mm -hmm. And it's only when, you know, I say to people, I help people with their public speaking, they go, oh, (laughs) you know, I could use that help. Or like, oh man, everyone needs that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the case of like, people are aware of a problem, but they're not aware of a solution. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, unfortunately, I think, um, you know, some of the clients I work with, they have, I have been handed to them. You know, this is, this is not necessarily what they wanted. And relationships <laughs> are really, really hard. And coaching is, it's a relationship and it's about trust and it's about connection. And do they like me? Do we have a natural affinity for each other? And, you know, it, it's really about relationship. And so if they have, if their boss, for instance, has said, you know, we really want you to work on this. Um, I have to spend a lot of time building trust and, helping them understand that I'm not going to turn them into something that they're not. And that this is something that people can improve upon if they, <laughs> if they're willing to take a little risk and to let somebody in to help them with this, because it's a, it's a vulnerable thing that we're asking mm. people to do. You know, is there a way that you're, is there a way that you're able to actually show people that they can improve like in a short period of time? So it gives them, So it gives them that little bit of motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, the best thing is diving into delivery and because it's such a tangible, workable thing, you know, you're like molding the person right in front of you. And, and that is the thing that everybody hates to do. You know, we can, we spend, I can't tell you how many times we, we get stuck in content because, because you can, you can never be done with content building and fussing and, you know, <laughs> finessing it's just hours and hours and hours working on content. But really there's part of people that in the back of their heads, they're, they're avoiding the getting up on their feet part. And so 
I try and frame it up as, okay, we're going to do a stumble through is what I call it. And, and you're going to stumble. You're going to fall on your face. That's just the deal. Let's just acknowledge that this is really uncomfortable. Um, what an awkward thing we have here. You, I'm yeah, you're, uh, it's just me sitting out here, but we're pretending this is an audience of a hundred people and we're pretending like this is, this is weird. And let's just joke about that and laugh about it and acknowledge it. But what I love about a stumble through is it just gives permission to people to fall on their face. And then I help them get back up and say, okay, um, let's try that again. And this time I want you to, instead of in your story using um, third person uh, language, try it again using first person language so that I feel like I'm actually in the story with you. And so giving them one little thing to work on and they try it out and it, it's not necessarily like magical transformation, but you start to see little shifts and it feels different. You say, you know, mm. that feel did that, you know, was that different for you? And here's what I saw that I felt so much more connected to what you're saying. And let's try it again like this. So it's, um, especially as a theater background, it, it's my chance to kind of be director a little bit and to think about, okay, what does this person need? What kind of feedback would help this person? And, um, and then it's my job as a coach to really think strategically about um, what is what what can I say to this person right now that would help move the needle a little bit so that they start to experience some success and they start seeing those stepping stones into the next you know doorway of like oh okay yes I got it a little aha moment like yeah. kicks them off to the next bit yeah that's great and that's so rewarding too as a coach to be able to see that and see that and go, Oh, it's, it's working. Oh, it's um, but love it. Do you, um, <laughs> do you, uh, how often do you get to speak to an audience and have an opportunity to, to move them? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's totally random at this point. Um, it hasn't been my main focus for so long. And that was what I did forever. It was like, I was out there speaking, I was speaking, you know, did 200 talks a year kind of thing. And now, um, so much of my effort is really coaching that I haven't done as much of that lately. And I, I love it. I probably yeah. give 10 to 15 talks a year. Um, and that's, that's way, you know, it's underutilizing my skills really. It's probably, <laughs> I created the podcast cause I was like, I am a communicator. <laughs> like I should be out there doing this too. Yeah. Coaching is, is really part of what I do and I do really love it, but I'm also, you know, I was an actor and you know, I've been a communicator myself for so long. And so I really want to hold both of those things. So recently I just developed this webinar, um, about how to move your audience. And I'm working with an organization and, and essentially trying this on, it's a workshop. It's really a training that I would do on site and they, they couldn't fly me out because it's expensive. And, and they were like, will you try this as a webinar? I was like, sure. I'll give that a go. Um, I'm not, I'm not totally sold that <laughs> public speaking training can be done via webinar, but I'm trying, mm. I'm giving it a go. <laughs> I've done that once before. Have you? Yeah. I did it for a university in, when I was in Europe and there in Melbourne and I did, it. I did a, a little webinar on how to create an elevator pitch mm. and that was fun, but it's hard because you can't see the reactions of the students oh my very well. Like you just, it, I mean, you, you mentioned like the fourth wall, this is like the fifth wall, uh -huh. you know, it's like literally a screen there. <laughs> so trying to bust through that is really difficult. It's really, really hard. Yeah. yeah. 
In terms of actually breaking down this fourth wall that you talk about, what what are the, some of the things that you do to connect with your audience mm-hmm. and stand out? Mm-hmm. Well, I always, before a talk, um, I always take time to actually go out and mingle in the audience um, to, to connect with oh, I love people that. and say hello and how you doing. And I become a human to them then. And already I just want them to know, like, I'm, I'm not just the person up on stage. I'm like a real human and I want to learn about them. It really warms up the audience. For me, I really need that. I need to know, like, I've made some connections with some people. So it's not just a, an audience full of strangers. So that is a really big thing for me. And I tell that to all of my speakers, if you can take some time, like get out there, connect with them so they can get to know you as a human just a little bit. It helps, it helps reduce your nerves too. Yeah. I find because you, cause, cause when you view the audience as like this massive crowd, you're like, Oh my God. But then when you go out and you're like, hi, what's your name? And you actually meet the individuals, they become more human to you too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And then I, I, it, laughter, I think is so important and you have to find your own way to create laughter. You have to, you know, like not everybody's a joke teller and that's totally fine. And I'm not a joke teller, but I am sort of a, like, um, uh, I like to play a like stupid game at the beginning of my talk. Oh, what do you do? Um, I play this. Uh, it, it totally depends on the size, size of the audience and the space and how everything is configured. But one of my favorite things to do is this game called the finger pull. <laughs> finger As in, okay, sorry, <laughs> I won't interrupt, keep going. <laughs> it's a farting game. It's not. It's not a farting game. Um, <laughs> but it's it's such a stupid game and it's so great because it's low risk. It doesn't freak people out too much, you know, because every time if you'd be like, we're going to play a mixer, the whole, you know, like collective groans from the audience. This is just stand up, stand shoulder to shoulder with the people next to you and then um, put your right pointer finger in the air and then hold your left palm out. And what you're going to do is you're going to put your right pointer finger into the palm of the person to your uh, right and so the person to your left has their right pointer finger in your palm. And then on the count of three, you're going to simultaneously try and grab the person's finger to your left and not let the person to your right grab yours. I don't know if you can hang on, hang on, say that again without doing it. <laughs> you're going to simultaneously on the count of three, try and grab the person's finger to your left. All oh, right. And then move your other finger to your right. Grab yours. And then what happens? And then everybody laughs. <laughs> it's just a silly, stupid thing. So you say one, two, three, and everyone goes, ah, oh, I got it. Oh. <laughs> Do it again. And uh, the, the second time you don't say the number three and everybody does it and you call them cheaters and they laugh. And it's just, it's just silly and dumb. And it, it it's one of those things too, that just warms up the room and says, okay, yeah. this is not, I'm not going to just talk at you for 20 minutes here, 40 minutes. I I want this to be sort of a fun experience. And then of course, the ultimate, ultimate way to break down that fourth wall is through storytelling. And it is the kind of essential, essential piece in any talk. I don't care who you are, if you're giving a business talk and you're giving a pitch or if you're um, telling your own story and it's really about you. um, Story is how we reach out to people and they 
kind of commune with you as the speaker and have that experience where um, they are understanding what you're saying in a completely different way. It's, it's a magical tool, I think. I think it is too. And I think it's so underutilized. And I think that people feel like when they're giving a business talk or something, they have to just throw all this information at the audience. Mm -hmm. And then I think sometimes, and then sometimes you'll see they'll, they'll think of something and then they'll just put in a story and then all of a sudden it becomes so much more engaging. And I'm thinking, why did you not start with that? Mm -hmm. I think very few people actually deliberately put them in there as a way to open. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's an example? I know it's obviously it's like really personal to each person, Mm -hmm. but what's an example of how someone could incorporate a story to really make their opening stand out? Mm -hmm. Well, there is um, a kind of story called your origin story. And that is the story that got you to this moment. Um, So if your talk is about, for instance, um, oh, we'll just give my, my webinar, for example. My webinar is about moving your audience. Okay, so there is an origin story about this. What what was the moment when I realized how important it is to move your audience, or when I was moved and I thought, okay, wow, um, this is this is really an essential moment. Um, and and you tell that story. And so if you're if you're like heading up an organization and you um, are making a fundraising pitch, your origin story is how, where did this organization come from? Why does it exist? And there's there's always a story behind these essential, critical, beautiful things that we're trying to do. There's always a story there. And so your job as a speaker is to drill down to that moment and crystallize it as best you can so that we really get to the why really, really quickly and say, okay, I totally get why this is important. And, um, and because story is this wonderful, you know, people's defenses go down when they hear a story and there's all kinds of wonderful things that happen in the brain, which is why stories are so effective. Um, and so without even trying that, that hard, you've brought them into this, why this is important and, and they're with you then, you know, so Mm. origin story, I think is everybody should know their origin story like why you're doing what you're doing. Like Christina Cantor's, you have an origin story as to why you're talking about standing up and getting noticed. Mm -hmm. And I think I even know it, (laughs) you know, and, and because, because you should be saying it a lot and you don't, you don't say the, you know, there was some concern. Sometimes I work with an organization and they're like, we tell the story, we tell the story, you know, we've told it before. I'm like, yes, because it's your origin story and you're going to tell it again. And that's okay. You, you want to make sure that it doesn't come out of your mouth in the exact same way every time. So it becomes rote and people stop listening to what you're saying, but it's your why it's your, Mm. it's your why moment. So yes, you're going to say it again and again and again. It's why you're doing what you're doing. So the origin story I feel like is the key one. What about for someone who is working for a company and they've been asked to present some really boring data or, you know, an update on where the team is at with that particular project? Mm-hmm. Can, can people, can they use an origin story in that circumstance as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, what I would say is what's the why for that presentation? You know, if it's, um, you know, we want to, we want to share the data of, um, you know, last quarter's 
earnings, uh, what's the why there? Um, and there, it can be a bit of a struggle, but I guess, yeah, there's always a way you can, there's you always can a way figure it out. We could do the story like, well, so-and-so, uh, walked up to my desk the other day and asked if <laughs> how we were going. And I said this, and then they said that. <laughs> right. But I could also see, um, you know, whether, you know, maybe an origin story doesn't work in every single scenario. <laughs> I think you might have got me on that one. But um, but I'm thinking, like, what does your audience, you know, the the people keep saying, well, like, you know, think of your audience and keep your audience in mind. No, really, like, what do they want to hear about? And what do they don't, what do they not mm. hear about? And so uh, acknowledging the all of the, um, you know, baggage that people come in the room with when you're, when you're getting up to do an earnings presentation, like get that. I, my brother, um, who's this financial guru, um, he's incredibly bright and he leads this huge organization. Well, he, um, he had to do this big financial presentation to other leaders in, in the company and he's the finance guy. So people have such low expectations for people in finance and he, <laughs> like as a joke, um, just to warm everybody up and to show them that he does things a little bit differently. He like pulled out, uh, glasses and said, okay, it's time for the financial, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> silly with it. And it was this wonderful thing. And everyone was like, yay, you know, because it was like him acknowledging now here's, here's the boring part. And he just gave them a gift because otherwise their whole thinking was, this is going to be brutal, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, I think that's great. Just not, not taking yourself too seriously yeah, and not being afraid to have a bit of fun with it. For sure. For sure. If you're not having fun, that's it. Game over is just torture for everybody. And even if it's something you're passionate about, if you are not so jazzed about what you're saying, you're not ready yet. You haven't found it yet. You got to keep digging. I don't, I think people, I think people are afraid to have a bit, to have fun with it. I think they think that you know, oh, this is, this is business or this is work. This has to be, mm -hmm. you know, a serious presentation. And I think they forget that, like we were talking about before, just with being human, mm -hmm. they forget that people coming along to watch are human as well. And, mm -hmm. and just want to, want to have some sort of, you know, get some enjoyment out of, out of it as well. Now, I know, I, I know in your podcast, Sally, you like to ask your guests, about talks that moved them. And I know this because you very kindly interviewed me on your show. And yeah, so I just wanted to ask you, what what is a talk that has moved you recently? Mm. That's a good question. I'm racking my, through my file cabinet right now. Um, I love, this is not a typical talk, um, but, oh, I can't remember his name right now. This is terrible, but he's it's okay. We can put it in the show notes later. <laughs> he does this data viz stuff and, and he's like a sports caster with data. And he, um, oh my gosh, I don't remember where he's from. You know what? I'll send it to you, but he, he's this like super energetic German guy. <laughs> and he's like, he, this is somebody who takes this, this boring concept and he's looking at, um, health, uh, like lifespan in worldwide, all, all kinds of countries, looking at all kinds of data about, um, birth rates and death rates and, um, all, 
all kinds of information and looking at what that has to do with the health of the um, countries. And so it's really boring, boring stuff. And what he did is turned it into this moving show of how data has moved and changed over the years. And he is a speaker like treated it like a, a football game or something. I mean, he was just like, and over here, the US of A, the la, la, la. It was just so um, delightful and completely different than you've ever seen any talk on data before. Uh, and and I loved, like, I think of that talk a lot because it was so delightfully different. Um, I, recently, the, the TED Prize winner who, um, StoryCorps, if you've seen that talk, that talk will just like rip your heart out and make you cry. In the no, I haven't way. seen it. Story Core. Story Core, C O R P. Okay. And there, well, Story Core is an organization. I think they're based here in, in the United States, and they set up stations all over the country where you can just walk in and with another person and tell each other a story. And so all these really beautiful revealing moments happen between people and like complete, you know, this is about the, the deep moments in our relationships that are so, so intimate that aren't often public and they're captured and they're using them as recorded history of our world and our lives and what's going on in people's worlds and it's so cool and so they take these recorded conversations these stories and they have them on their website and share them and they're on facebook and that is a wonderful you know every day i hear that i'm just like oh my gosh that moved me that's beautiful and then you know just recently this past week barack obama um speaking at a funeral for one of the pastors who was shot in Charleston, South Carolina. Did you mm. about this? I did hear, I actually did hear an extract of his, of his speech. I didn't hear the whole thing though. Yeah. So, you know, really, I, I haven't seen him, you know, I've always been a big fan of Barack Obama's like back in, um, gosh, 98, I don't know, when was it? 2004, I think when he gave his first convention speech and I was like, that guy is going to be president. That was awesome. I was so jazzed about it. And then, and, and jazzed when he became president. And then I was kind of like, rah, rah, because he, he became president guy, you know, and he was <laughs> really, he wasn't trying to move his audience. I don't think, I think he was just trying to play it safe and just get through. And that is really the, <laughs> the downside. Perform his presidential duties. Yes, exactly. But this week, I just feel like he threw that out the window and he was, and he just was done with it. And so there was lots of moments in that, in that speech where I was like, okay, you're back. Hello. It's good to see you again. Barack Obama, not necessarily President Obama, but you know, he was just being yeah. uh, more authentic. He, he fired, he fired his speechwriter. Yeah, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a while. I had to really think about it, and then I then I got on a roll. <laughs> I can think of a few more actually, but. <laughs> And then after this interview, you'll probably think of a dozen more and go, oh, why did I say that one? Should have said this. That's, that's how it always works. It's like with Toastmasters, when you do the impromptu talks, you get up and you mumble your way through it. And then at the end you go, why did I talk about this? What about this? And I could have talked about this and this and this. It just comes to you afterwards. So have but you, anyway, such is life. Have you enjoyed Toastmasters? Do you? It's fun. It's really fun. 
I'm giving my first speech next week, actually. Okay. Well, this, this, this coming Monday. And I think I'll talk about my busking experience. Totally. Because I told them about it a while ago. So I think they'll appreciate the update. So I've got a, I've got to come up with my origin story for that. I love it. And, Good. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Do that. Oh, Sally, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with me today on my on my podcast. I'm so when when asked me, really, I am. <laughs> when's when's your when's the second season of your podcast going to start? Season two will start September 2015. So Excellent. I don't know when you'll publish this, but uh, I'll be kicking back into high gear September 2015. So come find me on thismovedme.com and. And it's on iTunes awesome. and all that stuff. And in the meantime, there's plenty of episodes there from season one for Lots. people to check out, including our little chat. Where yes, we're about, I think you're we're talking about creativity and fun things. <laughs> I loved it. It was such a fun conversation. And so, yeah, you can go find Christina on this moved me too. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Sally. Yeah, you bet. We'll talk soon. Thanks again to the lovely and generous Sally Curring-Zimney for joining me on the show this week. I will pop links to all the speeches she mentioned in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Sally. Now, like I mentioned in the interview, I did in fact go to Toastmasters this week and I delivered my very first prepared speech. If you've not heard of Toastmasters or you know about it and you've never been to a meeting, make sure that you tune in next week as I will be sharing with you why I'm so excited about Toastmasters, what goes on in a Toastmasters meeting, and I may just play my first speech for you. So that's coming up in the next episode of this series on public speaking. And that wraps up episode 17. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. The fact that you're listening really means a lot to me. I cannot wait to hang out next week. Oh, and before I forget, the ukulele song you've been hearing during this episode has been me playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow on the ukulele, of course. So until next week, keep on being awesome. My name is Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.